up, guy? What is up, guy? Welcome back to Josue. How's it say? If you're new here, this is Josue, and this is what I have to say. Today's episode, before I kick off, what are you laughing at? <laughs> Today's episode, <laughs> please ignore the background noise. Remember to like, subscribe, share, comment, do all the things as it does help out us creators. It seems silly, but it goes a long way. So that's that. Today's episode is about a topic that I actually used to laugh at a few years ago because uh, I didn't take it seriously. And I, I mean, why, why would I? You know what I mean? It's slapped all over like little teen girl magazines and all this shit. However, I have since turned a new leaf. And the topic is astrology, obviously. <laughs> and to help me out with that topic, I have a friend of mine sitting across from me giving me the death stare. Eris Adonis, the astrologer. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Josue. I'm getting closer to the mic. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you about this, this art form and this science that you were hating on for so long before you finally crossed All right, over. but I've turned a new leaf, so... <sighs> Come on. Come on. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Maybe I'm going to test your knowledge on astrology by the end of it. Oh, like a pop quiz? Yep. Let's do a pop quiz. Oh, God. <laughs> Let's do a pop quiz. <laughs> Joke's on me. All right. So <clears throat> when I started really looking into this, I wanted to bring up the topic because I ended up actually finding some value in it and some truth, whereas before I thought it was gimmicky, and rightfully so. I mean, it's I think it's it's the Western world has kind of turned it into like this gimmicky kind of like clickbait type of concept where it's, of course, you're going to think of it as pseudoscience and it's just like, you know, like just bogus type shit but i've <clears throat> what i've noticed is that it's not exactly true astrology isn't what we're shown in mainstream media it's a little more deep and complex and that's really where i want you know your expertise eris so give a little background um on yourself how you got into astrology and all that good stuff so a little Background. So I currently own a company called Astrolab, and it is exactly what it sounds like. It's a combination of astrology and, you know, it's like a laboratory sort of vibe where I'm creating products. So I have Zodiac perfume, and it's based on each astrological sign. I got started with astrology. It's funny because I lived in D.C. for 10 years. I went to Howard University, and I was studying psychology, and I remember seeing an excerpt in one of my books, and it mentioned astrology was a pseudoscience. And I thought, hmm, that's interesting. I don't really know anything about astrology, but I do think it's very odd that you would go out of your way to kind of like talk smack about another form in your book, you know, because astrology doesn't have anything to say about psychology. So I was like, <laughs> I kind of like took a little note there. I was like, that was kind of like a hater move. What's really going on with astrology? But I dropped it. Didn't really pay any attention, never really got into it. And I was at a coffee house one day in College Park, Maryland, and I was talking to this girl. We were sitting next to each other drinking our coffee, and she asked me, she said, you know, what's your sign? And I said, I'm a Leo. And she says, yeah, but, like, what else do you have in your chart? And I was like, I, I don't know what a chart is. What are you referencing? She took me to this website, and I put in my birth data, and this wheel comes out, the natal chart, and below it, it lists each one of my placements, like sun in Leo, and then it gives a paragraph, and then it says moon in Scorpio, and then it gives a paragraph. And I'm reading this, and I'm like, this is the most phenomenal thing I've ever read. And I almost wanted to cry because it was just like, these are things that I've been feeling, and I maybe didn't have the words to express them. I'm and being how does seen. This, yes, I felt so seen. And I'm like, how does this thing know all of this stuff about me just from my birth information. At that moment, I realized astrology was so much more than the horoscopes I read as a teenager in fashion magazines or things that I ran across online. It was just always your sun sign, your sun sign. And I thought to myself, I don't really feel like I identify with Leo energy 100%. I feel like a lot of it is true, but I feel like there's a lot that's not being talked about that I experience as an individual. So I wanted to get a little bit into the history of, astro of astrology, but before I do that, I think a lot of people, maybe you can clear that up, 
have the misconception that it's kind of like the planets ruling you like there maybe you don't have free will or like like it's like controlling you in, in some sort of way where it's not the case it's like a pattern system it's like a cycle like the seasons that we face right fall summer winter it's just cyclical yes right and so astrology is based on observable phenomena. We're studying the planets. They're tied to the seas. And a lot of times people who are really, I'm going to use the word sciency, <laughs> they like to get into that attitude of, you know, well, it's not even accurate because, you know, things have shifted. And that's called the procession of the equinoxes. If you get into Vedic astrology, they actually take account for that. So like in Vedic astrology, for example, I'd be a cancer sun instead of a Leo sun. But the reason why we don't update it is because it's not just based on the physical location of the planetary body. It's based on observation, the patterns, and it's also tied to the season. And so astrology has been studied for thousands of years. It's something that has just like, you know, it started in Mesopotamia. It's always an argument whether or not it was in Egypt or Mesopotamia, but mm -hmm. somewhere in that region. And then the Greeks really, really kind of expounded upon it. Like they are the ones that really created the astrology that we know today. So it's called Hellenistic astrology. They use a different house system. They use whole signs. Most of us don't do whole signs anymore. We use Placidus or another house system that is mathematically computed. It's not just, you know, the, the sign or an exact 30 degrees. But a lot of the astrology that people know today it's very basic. Unless you really take your time and study it, it's very basic. And that's what's created a lot of issues. People don't understand that, number one, there's nature and there's nurture. Astrologer, astrology is nature. Your experiences on this earth, your home environment, you know, different things that you've encountered while existing in human form, that's nurture. So I look at astrology as if you and I are going out for drinks, right? Let's say you and I go out, we each do six tequila shots, right? Just because we both drank six tequila shots. <laughs> this is not happening, by the way. <laughs> this, is this is just an example. A little bit this know. is hypothetical as all get out. But just because we each did six tequila shots, it doesn't mean we are guaranteed to make the same exact decisions at the end of the night, right? Mm -hmm. Like you might go home and crash. I might grab a burrito and fall asleep in the back of the car. Like, who knows? Someone's going to drunk dial an X. There's a lot of different ways yeah, we yeah, could yeah. react. So you see, tequila is just an influence. <clears throat> it doesn't dictate exactly how we're going to move through a specific experience. Sort of a good way to put Astrology's it. like that. You know, it's like tequila shots. That's if you have crazy <laughs> stuff in your chart, it's like tequila <laughs> shots. <laughs> I've met some tequila you, shot you people in my life. tequila shot. Fortunately and folks. unfortunately. <laughs> but that's a whole other podcast. You mentioned earlier house systems and all that yes. stuff, which I understand now, barely, but I do. You ready for that pop quiz? Nah. Don't tell me. <laughs> Chill, girl. Don't embarrass me in my own podcast. <laughs> all right, all right, fine. So I, I kind of want you to, I guess, as I mean, half this is on video on YouTube but and Spotify, actually, but some people are just listening. So I guess describe what a house system is, what that chart looks like, what it represents, Um because I, when you said house system earlier, like some people are going to be like, oh, what's uh, a house what, system? Right. So I'll break it down for you. This is what I do in consultations or if I do group sessions with people just so that they don't feel completely lost throughout mm -hmm. the course of the experience. When you look at that wheel, your natal chart, it's a circle and it's sliced. It looks like a pizza pie, right? It has these 12 houses. The first thing you're going to notice are the little symbols inside of the wheel. Those are the planets. So the circle with the dot in the center, that's the sun. The thing that looks like the Egyptian unk, that's Venus. The thing that literally looks like a crescent moon is the moon. And so each one of the planets, the best way to explain it, the planets are like little people that come into your life to teach you how to navigate a specific lesson that you're meant to learn. So the sun is like a person that says, hey, I'm going to teach Josue how to develop his ego. I'm going to give him a sense of purpose. And the sign that it's in is going to tell you the personality of that person that's helping you. Is it like a really wild, adventurous, Sagittarius sort of personality? Is it achievement-oriented, grounded Capricorn? Is it a deep, transformative, mysterious Scorpio personality? But the planet is the what? The sun, ego purpose, right? The moon, emotions, Venus, love, social relationships, money. They're there to teach you the what, 
the sign is going to say, I'm going to go about teaching you in this particular way, with this flavor. It's like your seasoning chicken. We're going to do lemon pepper. <laughs> we're going to do Cajun. What kind of seasoning are we putting on this? We're doing it. No seasoning. Please. Like, I haven't had lunch today. <laughs> he's starving. He's like, please, with the food and drink references, right? The houses are the where. So we have the what and the how, and now the house is where. My son, for example, is in my second house. Second house is a house that talks about how we earn money our values, our talents that we develop in order to earn money. So sun is very creative energy. It's the ultimate creator, right? Mm -hmm. It's the ruler of Leo. So a lot of my creative energy is to make money. I put a lot of my energy earning income and being independent gives me a sense of purpose. That's going to be different from a Leo who has their son in the seventh house. The seventh house talks about partnership, marriage, collaboration. So uh, someone just like me, Leo's son, in the seventh house instead of the second, now is going to develop their sense of purpose through others. Partnership is how they're going to define Relationships, themselves. Yeah. Relationships, right? Someone, the same Leo with their son in the eleventh house, is really going to want to become an active member of their community. Friendships, networking, community, finding their tribe outside of their immediate family. That's your more activist sort of personality, right? Someone that likes being on social media, that likes really connecting with groups and networking. And so the house says the where. So the planet says, I want to teach you this lesson. The sign says, this is how I'm going to teach you the lesson. And the house says, this is where I really want you to focus to learn this specific lesson. And there's 12 houses. So everything from family to relationships to income to sex and intimacy, all of it. All of it's covered in the 12 houses. So that's how that chart works. And the last thing I'll say, for those of you that are interested in something a little bit more advanced, you're going to notice that there are lines being drawn on the chart. Those lines are going from one symbol to another. Those are called aspects. They're based on math. The red lines are usually pretty tense. It's showing two little planet <clears throat> people trying to teach you lessons, but they're going about it in conflicting ways. The blue lines are flowing energy. It's two planet people trying to teach you lessons, and the lessons are so compatible with one another that you end up having lots of talents and opportunities. And so the lines give the chart movement. It makes it more dynamic, and that's where certain issues show up where you're like, man, I love being at home, but I also have this desire to explore the world. That's that's kind of like an opposition sort of line. It's geometry. Yeah, right? yeah, it's, it's basic geometry. geometry. Yeah, so there is some math involved. It's very simple math, but it's math. That's a really good segue into you. Talks very good, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> that's a really good segue into. Um, you do it so eloquent. You're, you're insane, but thank you. I'll take the compliment. That's a really good segue into why, and you can't blame people. They think astrology is Fugazi because then you go on uh, one of these magazines and then you read like, oh, my son in Scorpio says that today I'm going to have an awful day, but actually it's the best day I've ever had. But it's going off of what you said, the sun, right? Which there's all of this other complexity that you have to take into account before yes. forecasting someone's day, let's say. 100% right. agree. And the thing that most people don't realize, and a lot of those websites that you go to, some of them will try and slide it in there. Some of them are just not going to mention at all. But if you're reading your horoscope based on your sun sign, you are more than likely reading the wrong horoscope. Unless the astrologer has specifically said, this is a sun sign horoscope. It is assumed to be a horoscope that's based on your ascendant sign. And I'll give you an example. When you're reading your horoscope and you come across something that says, with Jupiter transiting your seventh house or with Saturn moving through your fifth house of creativity and children, the moment a house comes up, it's based on your ascendant sign. There's no way to know which house a planet is moving through unless they know what your ascendant is. The ascendant starts the first house and everything around it goes up all the way until you get to the 12th. And so, for example, I have Jupiter going through my 10th house of career right now. They can't know that unless they know that I'm a Gemini rising. And uh, I want to just layer on that. Depending on what degree your ascendant is, it can change things. I'm on the last degree of Gemini rising, 29. Signs go from 0 to 29. So I actually have to read both Cancer 
and Gemini horoscopes for everything they're saying to line up. I have to flip between the two of them. So you almost need to be an astrologer to actually read and interpret the horoscope properly. So I would not advise most people even bother with horoscopes. If you want to forecast your year, just get with an astrologer and have them do like a year ahead reading. That's something that I offer. There's plenty of other people that do it that do a great job. And they can just give you an outline of what you have coming up. And it's going to be based on your individual chart, not some approximation of your ascendant. That's a, that's a really good point. When I started to learn about the rising or ascendant ruling the chart, and like it's really, if it's the, it's more accurate of a, of a forecast, right. Then going yes. off your sunset. And when I do read my horoscope, which isn't often, um, <laughs> I've noticed day. reading my, my ascendant is like way more accurate than Scorpio. I'm like, wait, this is how it I'm actually, yeah, it makes more sense. Like it's like 80%. It's more accurate than uh, sometimes I'll read Scorpio like, oh, yeah, this one, whatever. But it's usually 80% of the time. Like, yeah, the rising, you is. have a better chance of reading the right one. Because <coughs> if I recall, your ascendant is around the 20th degree. So you're almost in the middle. But for those of us that are at the very beginning, I can flip. like zero to five degree or 25 to 29 degree, we're either going to have to read the horoscope before or after, as well as our actual ascendant sign horoscope. So we might have to read two. And then you have to know which parts to pay attention to and which parts to ignore. So you have to go to your chart and see where those things are transiting. It's a lot of work. It sounds like a, a lot of work. It's a lot of work to actually read it properly. I, I have to really focus to like <laughs> into what you're saying to understand. <laughs> Essentially, an, astro an astrologer's job is kind of like a space meteorologist. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like, think about it. Like a meteorologist has to read the climate, has to read the weather, interpret it. I don't know. And, yeah. You know, it's kind of the same. It's similar. It's a forecast. Yeah, it's a forecast. It's a forecast. I agree with you. It's not 100%, though. Right. It's a forecast or never 100%, you know? So... So, yes, that's how the horoscope bit works. I'm glad we got out. Like, that's that's one of my pet peeves. Horoscope, I, I really don't like that the individuals who publish those aren't more candid with their subscribers and oh, their it's readers. It's clickbait. It's I just, know. you know. They don't want to lose readership. Yeah. But, oh, I just don't like it. I would never write a horoscope that way. I'd make it explicitly clear that it was for your rising Well, how, how many industries do you know that are... That the the core of the industry is fucked up because of people just trying to capitalize on it, make a quick buck. That's like that's every, everything. Every so it, it applies, <laughs> right? So it applies to this too. It's like, yo, you know what? Just don't get into like the real shit. Just sell it to them. Just, just sell it to them. Just give the people what they what want. they want to hear, and we'll, we'll keep it moving. It's the way it is. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I wanted to ask you personally, um, personally, and then I guess like your clients. Okay. What value have you seen your life take upon after getting into astrology and those of like maybe your testimonials or whatever? Oh my goodness. So <clears throat> I'm going to be honest with you. I originally got into astrology. First, I wanted to know about myself. I was trying to understand myself, save myself thousands of dollars on therapy. That was what I wanted. <laughs> I was on a budget. Women these college. days will do anything to avoid therapy, right. including become astrologers. And, the <laughs> and I'm going to bring up the therapist thing at the, end, at, the, at the end of this answer. But that was one thing I wanted to do. I also wanted to understand the people who I had like intimate relationships with, family members, mm. maybe if it was a boyfriend or someone that I was seeing. I wanted to understand what I was dealing with. And in the process of that, I never set out to do anything related to astrology. I never set out to do readings, you know, as a business. I never set out to make products based on it. That's just where it went. I got into astrology in, at the end of 2005. So it has been, what, almost 17 years? Damn yeah, man, like 17 years <laughs> of something just being a passion and just following it to see where it goes. And I'd say the greatest benefit for me because of the energy that I have in my chart and the tendency to really kind of want to be in control of things and want to define things in, you know, such a clean way. Understanding astrology really helped me develop tolerance for people who 
I would consider to be, you know, just not my cup of tea or annoying in because some way. Because you understood way. They were the, why they were the way they, yes. are, they were. When you see, I've looked at thousands of charts, and when you see them, you understand that even someone who you just really don't gel with, someone that maybe annoys you or frustrates you, you understand that that person is an individual and they have a specific purpose. And even if that purpose does not complement your purpose, you don't need to villainize them and you don't need to... Look at them with this negative lens, right? There's a there's a higher level of tolerance and compassion that I developed. And I'd say astrology was absolutely 100% the thing that got me to that point. For my customers, I've always been a pretty independent, willful person, but I encounter a lot of people who are disempowered. And a lot of my customers, after getting a reading when you say with disempowered, me, you mean? Just people that just think that everything is happening to them. Mm. People who just think that, you know, all of the difficulties that they encounter are just there to trip them up and make their life, you know, a living hell, you know. And by the time they're done with a reading with me, I put the power back in their hands. I show them their sovereignty. I'm like, look, this is an influence. These are tools. This is how you can use these tools to kind of go in the direction that you want to go in. And so one thing that a lot of my clients tell me is they're like, I've been going to therapy for like two or three years, and I feel like in one hour, you've given me more insight than my therapist That's has crazy. given. So the whole saving money on therapy, I'm not saying that you should quit going to your therapist and come seeing me. You, you can totally do both, but I've gotten that feedback that it's a session with me is like a quantum leap. You know, three years, they're trying to get their therapist to help them get to the bottom of things, and in one hour, I can just go straight to the root causes and say, okay, this is this. This is why you're struggling with relationships. This is where it's coming from. This is what you need to work on, and this is how you repair that energy and you move forward in a more fruitful way. And so just making them understand that astrology is not some fatalistic thing. I think some of my clients have told me, like, I've gotten a couple readings before and I just came across you and I just wanted to give it one more shot because I haven't really been sold on it. And they tell me, like, you've explained it in a way that makes me feel so empowered and helps me understand that it's totally up to me. It's not just, oh, Saturn's going through my seventh house and so my relationship is absolutely going to fail. Like, it's not quite like that. You explain what could happen what I might do to mitigate it's certain it's things. It's tequila. Right? Right. It's tequila. <laughs> it's tequila. We don't all have the same outcome yeah. from the six You don't got to text tequila. your ex. You can take your ass home. You could. You but could. But you chose but to. But you chose to text your ex. And so, <laughs> <laughs> and so now this is where we are. And so, yeah, for me, it's very important to always remind people that they are in the driver's seat. Yes. I don't ever want them to use astrology as a justification for poor behavior um, I hear too many people saying, it's Mercury retrograde. I forgot. No, you just forgot because you weren't being present. You chose to not pay attention to detail. Your Honor, I killed them because right. I'm a Scorpio. <laughs> <laughs> Most serial killers have mutable energy in their charts. They're actually not Scorpio. Makes sense, Sagittarius. It's, it's, it's the Gemini. <laughs> Don't go. Do not mess with the Sag. It's the Gemini, the Sag, the Pisces, and the Virgos. I, whenever I look at charts of serial killers, I always see typically like mutable. I wonder why, because they can reason with it, like thinking, mutable. Yeah. I guess like I'm thinking they don't have a strong sense of right and wrong. Like they're just kind of flexible with it. Like killing is bad, but yeah, if I kill you for this, it's not so. I can bad. justify it. <laughs> right. Right. So, you know, as bad as the reputation of the Scorpios may be, Scorpios are actually not high on the list for serial killers. Not you see? So the real villains. Just want to give a little bit of redemption to my folks out there with Scorpio sons. Thank you so much. So you said a word that I actually didn't plan to hit on, but I think it it'll make sense for people to understand. There's 12 signs, right? And then each of them fall into four categories of fixed, mutable... So there's, you can you can take it from there. Mm -hmm. I know where <laughs> I know where you're going with it. And so signs fall under elements and modalities. So for example, the elements we have the earth signs. We have Virgo, Capricorn, and Taurus. Uh, earth is practical. It's resourceful. It's a little bit more concerned with materialism. They do typically. I don't want to say they're the best at making money, but they are definitely a lot more aware of 
what it takes to survive on this earth. They're not up in the sky with things. They're, their feet are on the ground. Practical. In most cases, very practical. Um, <laughs> earth signs are feminine and receptive, so it's more of an introverted energy. They're more interested in kind of taking and storing up. Also feminine and receptive are water signs. That's going to be Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces. And they work on the emotional and the intuitive realm, right? Navigating those areas and, you know, dealing with more intimate relationships and focusing more on emotional expression. Sometimes that comes out in a very creative way. A lot of water signs are not just sensitive. That sensitivity often gets channeled into something extremely creative, right? Yes. <laughs> you have Scorpio sun, I have Scorpio moon. So we got we have the water, the water energy happening here. Oh, he created shit. <laughs> and then you have air and fire. And this is why earth and water are compatible. Feminine, receptive, kind of introverted, taking in energies. And then we have the masculine, extroverted, outward energies. That's fire and air. So fire is Aries, Leo, Sagittarius. Fire is inspirational, it's passionate, it's adventurous. This is more bold energy, right? It's a little bit more in your face. Hot like fire, mm -hmm. it matches the element. Then the air <clears throat> is more cerebral. It's about communication. It's about building network and community. It tends to do very well in the realm of the mind. Ideas, a lot of good writers have air energy or Gemini, which is air of Virgo. They're ruled by Mercury. And so each sign is going to fall in an element. Each sign is also going to have a modality. Cardinal, mutable, fixed. Cardinals are always the signs that start a new season. So Aries, spring, cancer, summer, uh, Libra, oh, fall, that. yeah, Capricorn, <clears throat> winter. Cardinal signs like to get things started. They like to get the ball rolling. Followed by fixed signs. Fixed signs will always fall in the middle of a season. Fixed signs are the stubborn signs. They're stubborn because they're fixed signs and they're about continuity and stability. So that's going to be Taurus, Leo, Scorpio, and Aquarius. And then the last sign, the sign of our beloved serial killers, are the <laughs> mutable signs. Y'all are crazy, crazy ones. <laughs> And the mutable signs represent the change from one season to the next. So we have the end of summer, I mean, end of spring, right before we're going into summer. That's Gemini, right? Then we have Virgo representing yeah. going from summer to fall. Mm -hmm. We also have Sagittarius and we have Pisces. So that kind of helps you understand more about the sign. When you start to break it down by element, you think, if someone says, well, why are Taurus people so stubborn? Like they really dig their heels in. Well, one, it's an earth sign. So earth is the slowest moving energy. It's also a fixed earth sign. Fixed signs are very stubborn and they're about stability. So you have a very sturdy earth and a fixed. That's going to be the most easily, stubborn. Yeah, yeah that's going to be the stubborn. And people say, well, you know, why are Sagittarians always want to just run off to the next new thing? It's fire. It's fast moving. It's hot. You know, it's it passionate and it's mutable. Right. Fire mutable is going to be like the fastest moving fire. Mm -hmm. It's going to be faster than Leo. Aries will give them a run for their money because Aries like to get things started. But those are going to be definitely the most sporadic of the fire. Leo's kind of in between just chilling. That's because you're a Leo. And you're saying I'm not that. saying that. I'm not, I'm not even going to tell you. I have a favorite fire sign, and it's not my sign. Sagittarius. I'm not going to tell you what it is. I know you, you don't like Aries. <laughs> we had this conversation, so it's Sagittarius. I'm not going to tell you what it is. Leave it to a Scorpio <laughs> to do the digging. <laughs> so that's a good transition to um, <clears throat> people in, I'd say specifically women, guys that are into astrology maybe do this, but I don't think it's a guy thing, uh, rejecting you because you're not the sun sign that, oh, you're a Leo, I can't date you because I'm a Pisces or whatever the fuck. So... Everything you've said is a prime example as to why that's erroneous, too. And I'll let you elaborate on that. But it's it's basically like you're, you're not taking into account the full picture. It's the full picture that matters to see if you're actually compatible, not yeah. just where the sun was at when you popped out the... Yes. The, so sun-sun compatibility is nice, and it's a very quick way to figure out if you can maybe just get along with a person in a casual setting. But when we're dealing with more intimate relationships... Sun sign is not even somewhere I would start. You need to look at, so I've done compatibility readings for couples, and it, it gets really complex, but you need that's to look at. That's the real therapy. Yeah, that's the real therapy. Jeez, <laughs> couples therapy yo. is getting a compatibility reading with me. It's, it's called synastry. So 
Synastry, there's synastry and composites, but I, I like to do synastry, especially if it, it composites good for like a married couple. Synastry is better for, oh, we're just dating and trying to work through issues. I look at all of your placements, look at all of their placements. And so we can compare them one by one. We can crisscross them. So I might say, hey, you know, you have your son here. They have their son there. That's compatible. But I'm looking at your Mercury's, and you guys communicate very differently. Like, this person likes to get to the point. You like to go in a roundabout way, and you're kind of passive-aggressive with how you communicate. That's going to irritate them because they like concrete, direct information, right? Or what you need for emotional fulfillment. You want to get all deep and emotionally bond. And this person feels good when they have freedom, when they feel like, you know, just the skies are wide open to them. So it's looking at what each partner needs. So a lot of girls will meet a guy. I had a, a guy, and this is the wrong way. This is the wrong way to do compatibility, folks, to walk up to a guy and be like, hey, what's your sign? And he's like, oh, I'm a Virgo. And you're like, ew, I don't do Virgos. Yeah, that's really childish. If you were going to discount someone, it should be a lot more complex. Like you go up to someone and you say, hey, when's your birthday? And they may say, oh, December 17th. And you go, okay, cool, what year? And you're like, he's like, oh, 1991. And it's like, okay. So 1991, Saturn was in the early degrees of Aquarius. I have a trilogy of Scorpio placements. You just know off the top of your head. Yeah. <laughs> I know, because I don't date people born at the end of 1991. Damn, because Saturn is in the early degrees of Aquarius, and my moon is at the early degree of Scorpio. So what that means is that your Saturn is squaring my moon, which means that what I need for emotional fulfillment, you're likely going to deny it. You're not going to be able to give me what I need on an emotional level. And there will be a desire for us to come together. We'll feel some sort of responsibility towards one another, because Saturn is involved and the moon is involved. But it's going to be that sort of relationship where we feel responsible for one another but no matter how hard you try you're not able to fulfill my emotional needs you're going to come off a little cold to me without even knowing it or trying it so that's how you start to do compatibility we're not even doing sun to sun i'm looking at your saturn and my moon and telling you that long term it's not going to work and i say that also from a place of experience i've tried dating people that have that particular i've dated a couple just people a, from guinea, 1991 guinea pig yourself <laughs> Right, I'm out here just making all these sacrifices so that you guys can learn. I'm doing it so that you didn't have to go through it, right? So, so but no, but that's how synastry works. And it's never based off of one aspect. I also need to look at other things. It's not one aspect that, that's going to make or break. You kind of need to do like the pluses and minuses. We got 20 beautiful things happening here and 48 toxic things happening here. So, yeah, it's probably, we could make it work. The pros don't outweigh right. the cons. Yeah, type of <laughs> right. Thing. Yeah. You know, the pros need to outweigh the cons. So that's how synastry works. It's not son to son. That's a good start for friendship, right? But my best friend growing up was Virgo, and I'm a Leo. Not exactly compatible, but you know what we had? We were both Gemini rising. We had the same ascendant sign. So the way that we project ourselves out into the world, the sorts of things that get our attention, were the exact same. I could go into a room with this girl, and we could look around and then look at each other and give each other a look and know exactly what the other person had noticed in the room. Yeah, it was like telepathic. That weird Gemini we were like thing twins. going on. Yeah. yeah, we were like twins. We had telepathic, and she was a Virgo with the Sag moon. I'm a Leo with the Scorpio moon. That doesn't sound very compatible, but I found that Rising sign compatibility can trump a lot. It just immediately puts you on the same path in life. So if you're going to look at one of your big three for compatibility, I prefer to see rising or moon sign compatibility over sun. We can work with sun, but emotionally and like how you're navigating life, those things are hard to be flexible. That's true. It's more of a, a long-term yes. indicator than, Absolutely. than the just for the moment fun type yeah. shit. I can get along with any sun sign. I would never discriminate against somebody for their sun sign. Now, your Saturn placement, well, <laughs> you can't be bringing all this hardship into my life. <laughs> you heard it here first. Next time you meet somebody, you can be like, yo, where the fuck your Saturn at? Where is your Saturn, sir? <laughs> Go on a date. Be like, where the fuck your Saturn at? <laughs> I can deal with some rough Pluto aspects because I have a lot of Scorpio on my chart. I kind of like it like that. But I can't do the I can't do the coldness of Saturn. I'm just not built for that. I feel like somebody's watching this <laughs> thinking, look at these dorks making astrology jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, go back to scrolling on Reddit. <laughs> right, shut up. yeah. Go back to your manosphere. Yeah. You'll be okay. <laughs> what was I going to say? Um, oh, 
So I had an exercise planned mm. for the last couple minutes of this. Hey, you did not inform me. Of this I did exercise. not inform her of this exercise. This is, this is interesting. As you put yourself out there to be the guinea pig, I will put myself out there to be the guinea pig and put into practicality for my listeners and my viewers mm-hmm. to see how a birth chart reading is done. So... Hmm. Aris the astrologer will go now into the depths of the mystical universe mm-hmm. and see why I am the way that I am. Let's immediately <laughs> get into this childhood trauma. <laughs> let's just let's just jump straight into the child. Okay, I'm right. just joking. Josue <laughs> <laughs> told me that I have to keep it cute, so yeah. <sighs> I can't talk about all of his deepest, darkest fears. Yikes. So I'm looking at Josue's chart, and so. First of all, everybody always wants to know Big Three. For all the girls out there that have crushes on Josue, let me go ahead and give you his Big Three so that you guys can see if you're, like, compatible. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I have seen way too many TikTok videos. I'm being rude now. (laughs) Um, Josue is a cancer rising. Nice little water sensitivity. Someone you can just lean your, you I'm can like, just I'm like, lean on his shoulders. I'm like crunching. <laughs> <laughs> I promise I will keep it cute, Josue. I promise. <clears throat> and he has a sun in Scorpio, so that's two points for the water. And we have the Aquarius moon here. And so the first thing I noticed, because oh, I'm going to keep it cute. I promise I won't get too crazy. No, you can say some shit. It's fine. Okay, just not but, like... One of the first things I like to do is get into the stuff that you probably struggle with because we can always talk about all the positive stuff later. Like, I'm not here to really, like, stroke your ego or compliment you. I'm more interested in helping you work through challenges. So the first thing I see is a T-square. A T-square is multiple 90-degree angles and two 90-degree angles and an opposition. It literally looks like a triangle. So Josue has a T-square between Jupiter in his first house his son, Mercury, I'm not going to count Venus. I'm going to count the Venus is too far away. Sun and Mercury in the fourth house and the moon and Aquarius in the seventh house. So this creates a really interesting dichotomy here because on one hand, I see the Scorpio sun in the fourth house is a deeply private individual. It's somebody who really values their privacy if they have Lots of tough or difficult things going on. You're just not the type of person to shout it from the rooftop. You know how some people come into the room and they just literally announce every problem. I've never understood that. Yeah, just, oh my God, I sat in traffic for three hours and I think my boyfriend's cheating with some girl. I'm going to check his DMs when I get, like, it's just like all the problems. Everybody knows your business. And with the sun and Scorpio, first of all, Scorpio's archetype is the alchemist. So this is some, this is the chart of someone that's deeply committed to transformation. It's going to be difficult it's going to take a lot of work it ain't going to happen in your 20s it probably still ain't going to happen in your 30s but I can see here that a really big part of your purpose is to kind of get to the bottom of things it's like really digging investigating researching understanding the root causes of things that's going to happen in the world outside of you as well as within yourself right and your son is conjunct mercury and so a lot of mental energy kind of goes into this. Typically when Sun and Mercury travel close together, so it's not uncommon to have them conjunct, but it is involved in this T-square. But there's a lot of thinking that happens when you're away from people, when you're in your intimate domain. You're just pondering things and trying to get to the root cause. Like you just can go down this tunnel, you know? (laughs) But here's the thing. Your Sun and Mercury is squaring your moon and Aquarius in the seventh house. A square is a difficult angle. It's 90 degrees, and it says a difficult aspect. It says what these planet people are trying to teach you contrasts with what this planet person wants to teach you. And the moon and Aquarius is very cerebral. That, that works. Scorpio likes information, but it's a different type. Scorpio likes more private, like research, investigation. Aquarius wants to go out there and talk to people. It wants to connect with people. It wants to hear their side. In order to do that, you have to come out of that scorpionic cave and put yourself out there. You can't do both at the same time. You can't be deeply private and hermetic and live in a cave and also have all of these amazing collaborations with other people. I'm trying so hard, though. I know. I know you're trying (laughs) trying to do it. so hard. And and, and it can be done, but you just have to make sure you're satisfied satisfying all of these different contrasts. And the moon is also in your seventh house, right? The seventh house is a house that is the partnership house. So a lot of your emotional 
assurance is going to come through collaborating with other people. You're going to feel so one part of you wants to lock yourself up in a dark room and not be bothered. But then another part of you really feels so good when you have these amazing conversations with other people, especially people who are progressive or who think outside of the box because Aquarius energy is, is the maverick. It's about doing something different. It's about kind of breaking up the system and kind of rebelling and wanting to create something new that better serves humanity. And so there's a bit of altruism in this moon. Scorpio is not the most altruistic. Scorpio is very passionate. It's very much about serving its own interests, right? The people that it loves, ride or die. Mm -hmm. Everyone else, no. Aquarius is a little bit more for the people, right? So there's that contrast. And then you have Jupiter and Leo, squaring your sun in Scorpio and opposing your moon in Aquarius in the seventh house. And Jupiter is about how we grow, how we expand, how we accumulate abundance, whatever you define abundance as being. And so sun in Scorpio says, I want to research and be private and stay in my little cave. And moon in Aquarius says, well, I want to connect with all of these really cool, weird, strange people who think outside of the box and just really put a lot of my energy into connecting with others. But then Jupiter and Leo in the first house says, well, I'm going to reward you and you're going to grow and experience abundance when you really work on developing your personal sense of self. That opposes the seventh house where you're collaborating. It says you still have to come back into you and grow you as an individual. And it's Leo. So it's really putting yourself out there whenever you've done this work because Jupiter is wise it's guru energy so I love when people have Jupiter in the first house my Jupiter is in the seventh house so I tend to like people who have it in the opposite house because they're reflecting what I'm looking for in a part like a lot of my friends have their Jupiter in the first so it's like I want people with Jupiter energy and you have Jupiter energy because your first house is the house of self it's what you project into the world so you come off with that Jupiterian you're not gonna like it but Jupiter is the ruler of Sag so you got some Sag vibes there happening. It there it is. <laughs> this is the part he hates. That's where the shoe drops. And so Jupiter in the first says, I want you to take risk. I want you as an individual to put yourself out there. And I know you're not going to always feel comfortable with it, but I want you to create. If there's something that Leo energy is very creative, it's very playful, it's associated with children, it's associated with romance and risk-taking. So Jupiter says when you take risks, when you put your creations out there, you'll be rewarded. you're going to be rewarded, right? So you got to come out of that Scorpio sun in the fourth house. But the key is to not give any one of those placements a greater priority than the other. A T-square shows that you're going to have to balance all three. You're going to have to take time for the Jupiter and Leo in the first. Time the for the fucking juggling act. Yeah, it's a juggling act. And this is where it's difficult because a lot of people are going to tend to lean into one of those energies. And because you have so much Scorpio energy, you have four planets in the sign of Scorpio, it's going to be really hard for you to resist the temptation to just kind of lock yourself away, especially when things are difficult. You see, that's why I do one podcast every <laughs> seven months. <laughs> So you, the energies in your chart are interesting because on one hand, I see someone who can really make a good impression on others. You have the cancer ascendant. So people probably like to come to you and unload. They probably oh, like man. to just the tell people's you, therapist. Oh, you're the therapist. <laughs> but they don't realize that your Scorpio son kind of just wants to be left alone so you can focus on whatever it is that you're privately trying to work through in your personal life. No, preaching. But your Aquarius moon really wants to give to other people and be altruistic and help other Disgusting, people. I hate it. So it's like this conflict, <laughs> like you really got energies that are just, you, you, you got the sun moon yeah. square. Whenever a person has their sun squaring their moon, they're going to feel this conflict between two very different energies that are not. I have sun square moon too. Leo and Scorpio square, Scorpio and Aquarius. So we both have our sun square, our moon. So there's a conflict between our inner selves and what we need to feel good emotionally and our outer selves. We both know what it's like to be bipolar. We're screwed up, yeah. <laughs> we're screwed up, just just putting that out there. But we're growing and we're trying. And that's, 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 what, that's what attracts people to astrology. When they have this sort of energy in their charts, a lot of clients that I attract have really complex charts and I can see why they're looking for answers they're like I feel like I'm unraveling like what are all these discordant energies that I'm feeling within people like that are going to be most interested if you have like a very simple chart and everything is just playing really well and you're just happy you're like the little golden retriever of humans (laughs) you're not really going to be all that interested in growth because 
you're pretty good. good yeah. yeah, like you feel you great. You got much to work through, yeah. You don't have a lot to work through. So just, you know, enjoy this lifetime. You'll get God on the next one. <laughs> don't, don't get don't get ahead of yourself. <laughs> that's um no, that that's really true. Um and that's why I wanted to have this episode because I found it to be such a useful tool. Um and like you said, I do like, you know, digging and reflecting and understanding the why. And that's been a really a really good mirror, I guess, to understand your whys and, and what you have to work through and sometimes just it's things that you know but once you see it, it's like a mirror you're yeah. reflected back and you're like it clicks you need that that reflection back to make it click you know so it's good for that it's good to like you said previously forecast like to kind of have like why am i feeling this way you know you haven't you stuck in a rut hey look this is going on in your chart oh that's why you in three weeks you'll be out of it three weeks passes by and you're like you know what i'm kind of feeling is it mental am i making yeah. it up or is it actually happening you start to think you're going crazy yeah so and, it's and that's usually transit right astrology you have so this is i just looked at your natal chart oh yeah but then that. you can also do transits which shows where planets currently are kind of making the rounds on the outside of that wheel right that's where you so get the forecast yeah that's the forecasting that's what horoscopes are supposed to tell you but like i said they can't they, you really need a person's exact birth time so you can figure out exactly when that planet moves from one house to another or when it aspects. It can come down to, like, your your uh, birth time needs to be accurate, usually within, like, five minutes. You know, if it's more than five minutes, it can shift things sometimes to a whole new sign or house. And so transit say, this is currently what's happening that's going to trigger this energy that you were born with, right? Because that chart is kind of stagnant. That chart that I just read, that was what happened the exact moment you were born. But other things occur in your life, and you go, well, why was this year so crazy? And why did that happen? And how did I meet this person at that time? Those are transits, triggering the energies in your chart, having you work through some of the challenges that maybe you haven't addressed up to this point in your life, presenting you with opportunities that can allow you to kind of flourish in ways that maybe you knew that you could flourish in, but you just didn't know how. And so that opportunity comes up or untapping potential that you weren't even aware of. And so that's more the predictive astrology. It's really interesting stuff. Um, again, I'm not out here trying to convince anybody of anything. If you don't buy it, you don't buy it again. <laughs> but like, it's, it's funny because it's always the people that are, call it pseudoscience and all these things that, oh, that's a fake. But have they actually taken the time to try no. and study it? No. Because I guarantee if they take the time to, if you're going to not, if you're going to shit on something, at least take the time to understand it and then be like, I understand that I read A through Z and it's bullshit. And it's BS. You know? 100% agree. It's always the people that have not read a single book. They've only read things <clears throat> that support whatever their viewpoint is. So they may Google why astrology is BS. And they may see some articles that support their side of the argument. But you need to look at it. Like, for example, I have actually read a book that is kind of like an anti-astrology book. Because I wanted to read the other argument, the other side of the argument. And? So it's like, eh. So here's the thing about that book. I can't even remember the name of it, but I have it at home. They did admit that planetary influences made a difference. They just didn't agree with the way modern astrology or even the Hellenistic astrology. They didn't agree that planets could just influence someone's temperament based on the sign or the house mm. that they were in. But they did talk about things like solar flares and how that affected humanity. Oh, the moon. And Yeah, and how um, having a certain planet rising in the chart could make that person more likely to be a doctor or athlete. So they acknowledged some of it. It wasn't as anti-astrology wow. as I thought. They just didn't agree with the way that I do it and the way that a lot of other astrologers do it. So even the opposing argument still agreed with maybe 10% of the type of astrology really that I do. I thought that was interesting, yeah. but this is someone that took time and did their research and wrote a book. So even when you do the research, you'll see that there's still there's some part of it that still rings in some truth. It's not 100% BS, even if you insist on, you know, being in the opposing party. Like, it's you're still going to find that some aspects of it are, are relevant, you know? So, yeah, that was a fun read. I love it. <laughs> I love it. That was a fun read. Aries, <laughs> thank you so much for joining and teaching us about astrology. Um, 
I'll let you go ahead and plug all the stuffs. I know there's people Yay! now probably thinking, oh, <laughs> I want to see if me and my husband are compatible or whatever. So go ahead. So, yeah, it's not about seeing if you are compatible. Obviously, if you're with that person, they're, they're, they, they serve a purpose in your life, right? I think the key is to understand all of the different ways that you can improve the relationship by understanding what each person is looking to experience on this earth and what brings you together and what are some of the things you're meant to work through. So don't ever define things, and I'm speaking to people who are watching this, don't define it in terms of, oh my God, we're not compatible, it can never work, or this is like my twin flame. It, things aren't that black and white, right? Everybody that you come across is... What someone told me the other day, if you come across it, it's in alignment with you, whether or not you feel comfortable with it or not. So if you are interested in learning more, you can visit my website. It's shopastrolab.com. Um, and on my website, you're going to find astrology experiences. I have done virtual team building events for a lot of different companies. I've worked with Facebook. Sephora, LinkedIn, Warby Parker, Blumhouse Films, American Express. So if you're interested in booking a session or maybe talking to your manager or somebody and getting them to book a team building thing using astrology, I have subjects like how you can improve your emotional health. That's Facebook did a couple of those. Uh, communicate better using astrology, create more abundance, and learn your love language. So those are some of the topics. And so we just isolate a specific part of your chart, like the moon or the Venus. And we talk about the house and the aspects. And I do this for an entire group. I also do private experiences. And since 2021, I have been making Zodiac perfume. And I actually brought Josue a gift here. Ooh. Josue already purchased some of my Scorpio Zodiac perfume, but I actually bought you a bottle, brought you a bottle of the Aquarius okay. Zodiac perfume. Thank you very much. This has white musk, lily, and apricot. So I make all of the perfumes, and I make each fragrance based on the energy of the Zodiac sign. Sometimes people like, do I wear my sun sign? Do I wear my moon sign? It's based on the sign. So if there's any specific placement in your chart that you want to emphasize, you can get that sign. But the fragrances I make, they're made with intent. I use essential oils. They're unisex. They're clean. They're non-toxic. And they're very concentrated for alcohol-based perfume. They're, they almost remind you kind of like of a perfume oil in terms of the intensity. So, yeah, I make these. And I've done very well since I started creating them. I do have some. <laughs> I have some fans <laughs> that have collected all 12 of my scents <laughs> because they understand how they're made. You wear them based on intention. So I would wear Aquarius if I was in a maverick-like mood. Mood if I wanted to kind of do something outside of the box. I'm always feeling maverick. You're always feeling like a maverick. That's, that's not true <laughs> at all. I think you're in that Scorpio energy, which is why you went through the whole bottle already. Damn. Yeah, you're Facts. you're in that Scorpio. You're in that Scorpio energy more often than not. I wear the Leo a lot, but I switch it up. Yeah. I do a little Libra. I do a little Taurus. I don't have any. I do have Libra in my chart. I don't have Taurus in my chart. So. So, yeah, that's my plug. I'm done. Amazing. <laughs> you heard it here first. Thank you, Eris, again for joining. Thank you guys for watching. Again, please like, subscribe, share, do all the things. And that's it. That's all the time we got for today. And thank you for having me. Jose. You're very welcome. <laughs> Have yourselves a good day. You know, se con nadie para que nadie se los meta. Have a good one.